Welcome to the Best Work Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Henley-Smith. The goal of this show is to uncover the personal stories of successful software engineers, founders, thinkers, and leaders who are all navigating their own working journey. Finding our best work is often this hidden journey, uncovered through an ongoing conversation with ourselves and the world around us. Every one of these episodes is packed full of timeless ideas you could apply to your own life. In this conversation, I speak to Sean Gabriel, the Director of Delivery at Red Badger. Sean previously worked at Microsoft for eight years as a program manager before beginning his journey at Red Badger as a senior delivery lead. Sean shares his insights on systems and system thinking, how one node in a network can vastly change its effectiveness regardless of whether it's a network of things or people. We talk through how feedback loops affect the work we do and how we improve, while grounding these ways of thinking in our approach to assessing our current working conditions. We also cover the increasing relevance of systems thinking and why humility is a key concept in the search for our best work. How have systems helped you find your best work? Mm. Systems, I suppose, um, they were, I guess, a, a tool and a means to, to see a bigger picture than what was sort of immediately in front of me. Um, so you might have heard the saying that, like, you know, all models are wrong, but, you know, some are helpful. And I think if you um, practice a little bit of, like, just trying to draw out all the things that are around you in your environment, like systems thinking, I interpret that as just a, hey, can I map out the world around me um, and try to take a guess at how things influence one another? Um, so almost like the big benefit for me was just to try and put it down on paper and visualize, hey, what is the problem that I'm facing, you know, with this particular stakeholder um, having a difficult conversation? You know, what are, where, where are they coming from? What are their incentives? Um, it kind of traces through different places in, you know, the, the, the team or the organization we're working in. Um, so, yeah, I think once you've kind of gone through that exercise, it might show you something that you kind of sensed and knew, but like to take it out of your head and put it on a page um, can be quite uh, illuminating. And so I think, yeah, just practicing a little bit of systems thinking and trying to model these things um, has helped me in a way to, to see more clearly, um, even if it's wrong, because just the process of trying to map it out, you're like, oh, well, why? It, it'll, that's really what it is. I think it's kind of encouraging you to ask that question, like, what is the, the cause of these things? And just try to get a deeper understanding. Um, I feel like so often, especially when you're dealing with like interpersonal things that like, you know, the, the emotional side takes over and, you know, it can be quite a knee jerk reactions to how you um, how you face these challenges um, in your work. Um, where you can look at the bigger picture and then actually be like, oh, like there's some other factors at play that I might not have considered because I was just focusing on the immediate conflict. When when it's an example of that, when when's a time where you've used a systems way of thinking to mm. move work or progress at Microsoft or has when's like an example of that? Mm. 
I think it's probably something I discovered a bit later, maybe not during my Microsoft time, um, although maybe the elements of it were there in the beginning. Um, I think it's something I've studied a bit more recently um, since I moved over into consulting, um, the work I've been doing at Red Badger. Um, the first example that comes to mind is actually a little something that Emma and I did together. Uh, I know you spoke to her not too long ago. Um, we were working together, um, I guess, on a, on a larger program of work. And there were, you know, kind of multiple teams involved, a lot of different, um, a lot of different folks, uh, stakeholders, concerns. Um, the shape of our team was quite uh, challenging to, to figure out, like, you know, if it, we're having a hard time getting some, some piece of work done, like, you know, what is actually, um, what is actually getting in the way of that? And so uh, working together, I think we just kind of applied like, you know, almost like a street version of systems thinking. We're really looking at, here's all the different players involved. Let's try and understand the relationships between all of them. Um, even starting there is quite complicated just to be like, you know, are these people um, working together, you know, and can we see that there are signs of high trust between them or have there been um, conflicts that we've detected? And can we start to understand where those things have come from? So it's sort of like just to see here, here's a bunch of different players. Here's where the challenges are in those relationships. Um, is there a bi-directional trust? Is it kind of one way? Um, when trust might have been broken, uh, where did that come from? And then we can kind of, you know, then connect the dots to something else. It's like, oh, there's this um, this particular process and how things were managed. Um, you know, a report comes out of the blue and it doesn't have context. And so, like, it could be taken, you know, as a bit of an escalation. Um, it's things like that where... We just kind of started really from the like, you know, what what is the system we're working with here? It's a system of people. It's a system of teams and relationships and everybody trying to collaborate on things. OK, what are the things? And you just try to connect the dots of like how how we perceive all these things to be working. And then those, those are really the places for us to then go do deeper inquiry because the you know question comes up like, I don't actually know how this person is working with this person. Like, oh, cool. Well, maybe we should go find out. Mm. It strikes me that you might be able to find weak spots in that system too that give you the chance to in some way apply yourself more diligently and uh, maybe a way of thinking about it is the the best work that we the work that we pursue is often um a meeting between the outside world and our own passions and mm -hmm. if you were able to use systems thinking you might be able to identify those those needs of the world faster in some way. Yeah, yeah, I think that's spot on. Um, you kind of go down the systems thinking rabbit hole a bit further, um, just beyond kind of mapping the relationships between things and how you know one behavior causes another. Um, there's some patterns that come up over and over again, and these are things that are quite interesting to to study and improve how system works. Like you know, one is around that idea of feedback loops, where it's like you know, the many things start to influence one another. They can do so in a constructive way or a destructive way, and so those are things where you can look to and be like, oh, why do we feel like we're caught in a spiral? Well, you might actually be able to trace out that spiral um, and break what could be a vicious cycle. Um, and I think the other one that you just uh, touched on there was that idea of um, finding weak spots and effectively enhancing strengths would be like the, the counterpoint to that. Um, if you're looking at a system, you can also look for leverage points within that system where tweaking some small variable has an outsized impact on the performance of the overall system. 
Um, and again, these are all kind of models, so they're all going to be wrong to some degree, but they're a great place to start if you're looking for where you can focus on doing your best work. Mm -hmm. What feedback loops have been detrimental to you in, in your own working journey? Hmm. Detrimental feedback loops. Um, <laughs> I would say I've I probably struggled a bit more with this uh, in... Uh, in a small closed system of just myself, um, <laughs> where there's a bit of a feedback loop that kind of goes on in my brain sometimes about, you know, self-belief and things that I feel and how I um, perceive <laughs> what's going on around me. And then that kind of reinforces my perception of what's happening. I'm like, oh God, like, you know, I'm not, I'm not all <laughs> topping up of my work or I'm not, you know, communicating effectively. Um, it's actually, it's kind of interesting. I have a vocabulary for that now that I didn't when it was happening to me before. Um, I mean, just to make it a little concrete, like this was uh, a bit earlier in my, my journey. Um, I just had a, a difficult relationship with um, one of my first managers uh, back when I joined Microsoft. And, um, you know, a nice guy i don't think he had anything against me um and we were you know working you know well professionally but um it came time to uh performance review season and you know i was hit with a pretty nasty surprise that he thought that you know i wasn't doing my best work i was doing very poorly and in those days um microsoft had like a you know, a less than uh, less than cheery way of stack ranking people. And so it's like, you know, very much a, um, a revelation that you're like, ooh, like you're looking like you're in the bottom 10% of our workforce. And it's like, it's just a kind of crushing weight that comes with, you know, trying to understand and accept that feedback. And you're like, really? Like, I'm, I'm like one of the worst people around here. Um, and so, like, you know, it caused me to question a lot of things that were happening um, or that I was doing. And then I started to see, you know, potentially signals of it, right? Like, was I, I hadn't learned the skill of, like, managing up, for example. So, like, was I making visible um, the type of places where I was, um, you know, having an impact or even just showcasing to him, you know, places where I was struggling? Um, I was holding a lot of that in. And so, like, there wasn't even a feedback loop there. So there was very limited signal that he could work with. And so I think that led to him, you know, assessing that, you know, I was probably appearing to be disengaged, um, didn't have a ton of output. So I can see that a lot more clearly now, but it was quite shocking to me at the time. I was like, wait, but like, I've got, you know, all these other things, but I wasn't communicating that. So I wasn't connecting the feedback loop. Did that make sense? Yeah. It sounds like it was all internal and it was, <laughs> uh, uh, in, in, I guess if your feedback loop is just a feedback loop of one, you do have more, way less inputs to help you grow. Right. Right. Exactly. And then there's that, that bit too, where it's like, if I am struggling, like I should be okay with reaching out for help. It's still the hardest thing, even today, just to be willing to um, open up, I guess, another conduit for feedback. Um, because, you know, the more of those that you kind of have going in your, you know, system of uh, how you're managing your work, I think, you know, the, the broader perspective you can have and potentially the better um, for you. But if you're working with very limited inputs, it can be hard to see clearly the impact that you're having. I really want to try and take this like, this concept of systems thinking and, and see if there are any areas of the, I guess, like the, the practical process of finding work that you feel it's applicable for. 
Um, mm. Have there been moments in your past when you've been practically searching for work and adopting systems thinking has helped you? Um, and are there any circumstances where you feel like in the future you may want to adopt uh, systems thinking to help you? Mm. So you're thinking like like during the actual search for a particular role? It could be like deciding to quit. It could be yeah. um, deciding not to quit, staying at a company. It could be mm -hmm. it's those it's those change moments in your yeah, working yeah. journey. I, I think that's actually uh, probably a, a great area for people to explore for themselves. Um, is if you frame it, you know, in that context of like, I need to make a major decision um, to change or not to change is one example. Like it could even be a change internally within your um, uh, your particular organization that you're working in. Um, it would be good to know what you're hopping into if you can model the system that you're looking for. Right. <laughs> it's sort of like. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, say I'm working, you know, on the engineering team, I'm thinking about transitioning over to product management. As an example, it's like, okay, like, what is the kind of dynamic of how work is managed within the tech side of the business? Were I to come to this other side of the business, do I even understand how that system works? And how does that then connect back to the system that I know? Um, I think it could lead to like, you know, more informed view about whether that's the kind of um, uh, the kind of role that you want to take on. Because you can think about, you know, how does that ultimately get to whatever it is that kind of sparks your your passion and your joy in your work? Um, it's uh, it's something that I I suppose without the language of systems thinking, I, I come across in my own uh, my own career direction where I've been thinking about. Um, in, uh, straight out of college, you know, I was studying electrical engineering and computer science. I thought I was going to be, uh, you know, programming for a living. I think I had some, like, you know, fantasies about be doing, like, you know, video games all day long. And just, you know, I loved growing up with them. I was like, hey, I could, like, you know, get into this industry, make these things for a living. Um, but then I, uh, I started with program management and kind of had, had a nice story from the recruiter. They're like, oh, if you don't like it, you can go back to engineering and you know, just give it a try. We like people that have people skills and kind of it stuck with me <laughs> for a while. Um, but uh, where I am now, I suppose, in my, my career, I'm becoming more of a general manager. And there's something that I kind of miss in a way about just being close to the the creation of the thing it's like you know I, that was part of my my uh, upbringing if you like um to learn how to create you know these interesting services and experiences digitally out of code and it's like you know the further i progress in my career the further away i get from that thing that originally drove me to work in the first place um and so there's something about like where, where I am kind of at my current level, I still have a close enough connection to a multidisciplinary team where members of that team are the ones building the thing. And so kind of my level of abstraction in the overall system, I feel like I'm close enough to where the action is. Um, whereas were I to look at roles that go, you know, kind of further in a, um, a company's hierarchy, they kind of, to me, just seem another step removed from where like, the actual creation. And I just kind of love being a part of, you know, the, the intricacies and the decisions that come into building something and creating something. So, you know, it's thinking about, am I, am I happy at the current place that I'm at? And then back to the idea of systems thinking, you know, w w what in the 
system is kind of the most interesting place for me to plant my flag and be close to. Um, and I think I've found kind of that right balance right now where I don't want to get too far into like a management space and be so far removed from the actual making of the thing that all I'm thinking about is just, you know, business and numbers and the market. And like there's elements of that in my role now. It's fine, but it's not dominating um, and drawing me away from the thing that I find quite interesting. Um, I don't know if that makes sense, but it's really just about like striking the right balance of like, hey, like the overall system, the overall picture of how how these things are built. And it's just like finding the right place for myself, the right orbit to be at within that system. As you described it, I, I couldn't help feeling the benefit of systems thinking and how it takes you outside of your, I guess, immediate circumstances and allows you to recognize the interdependencies between the things that are happening around you. And I, I don't know why, but when we search for work, we often do completely and utterly focus on ourselves. And it is us who we're making the decision for, so I guess that's natural. But it's sometimes hard to remember that you're making this decision in a web of interdependency, that if you took a moment to understand more deeply you 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 are bound to then make a better decision because you have the the information the context available to you yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i think that's uh that's a it's a pretty uh interesting realization that i also didn't get earlier in my career that like it's not just you know roles are not really interchangeable like you know what it a job title at one company versus another could be completely different and a way to kind of visualize the difference is to think about you know how those organizations are structured and try to map them out you know just how are all those different teams composed and then how do they actually go and um, make things, services, things for customers, who are their customers, like just trying to map that whole thing out. You see very quickly that like context means everything for how these companies build their teams. And then <laughs> you go beyond that and you're like, okay, cool. So I found like a company that's working in an interesting space and I like the way that they're structured. I kind of buy into the system. Well, that system is quite abstract until you think about the actual people that are filling those roles, right? And then again, like how the interpersonal dynamics work with one team versus another kind of changes the behavior of that system entirely in your lived experience of it. Mm. As you said that when you're reflecting on your system, there's like a, there's kind of an earth deal system, which is that moment of uh, creativity and the creation process, I guess, that you go through. Mm. Um, how do you know when you're getting too far away, when your system's kind of getting too big and when you're being abstracted too far away from your original core there? Because, and, I, and then the other, I guess the other question I'd have is like, well, but, but what if that core changes? Like, what, what if actually halfway through you realize hey yes i don't actually want to be that close to the creation process anymore it, it feels it feels less important to me yeah yeah i think that's <clears throat> that's okay like we're we're human we change our preference change um so if you're a moving target, well, like, A, like systems are not static either. Systems change. Um, so everything is kind of, you know, a slice in time when you're kind of trying to model out how these things work. Um, but I think 
figuring out my my comfort level, if you like, how 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 I manage my distance from you know the thing that I, I feel is still core to what what drives meaning in my work. Um, I think there's something around just figuring out how complex the beast is again by trying to map it out. If I feel like there's too many layers in the way, <laughs> that could be the signal to me that like, oh, I'm no longer having a real direct impact on the creation process and the thing that's being done. Um, but then, uh, on the other hand, I find other things that I, are quite interesting and meaningful to me in my career now that I didn't have access to before. Um, like, for instance, becoming a manager and having the ability to coach and mentor others and kind of help them find their own path. Uh, something I really quite like doing. And, you know, most people don't start their careers as managers, <laughs> something that you kind of grow into over time. And um, I wouldn't have known that I liked it until I had the opportunity to. And now that I do, it's actually something that I think I also enjoy being a manager and having a team that I can help guide and nurture in addition to being close to the work. And so how I've kind of put those two together is, okay, I'd really love to be in a position where I have the ability to look after and manage folks who themselves are close to the creation process. And that to me is how I manage to balance the sweet spot right now. Yeah, it's like a, a node in your in your system has kind of spawned itself uh, <laughs> as, you've, as you've gone through your journey and it's in some way now waiting the rest of the system and mm -hmm. you're it's it's being built around kind of two two pillars in a way yeah 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 it's like the second pillar only emerged you know in the last five years i'd say um prior to that it was just about you know what's the coolest thing i could work on and build with the coolest people around me but now it's like actually i want to have the coolest team uh, and the, the, the coolest uh, <laughs> set of people that can work on these things that they themselves find really cool. Um, so is there something about like, we, you know, we touched on leverage a bit earlier and it's like that idea that now I think I'm in a higher leverage position to kind of spread the cool, <laughs> um, yeah. which I think is quite interesting. And um, it's not something that I would have predicted the first time I tried to map out how my career journey was going to go. Mm. It it must be harder having two parts of uh, your motivation there when it comes to figuring out where you want to work next because you it's almost easier to think about moving from one position to the next if you just think about it as one specific entity rather than a system because you're just it's a lot easier to just move from one system to the other but if you've really <laughs> got to try and figure out how to like I guess. I mean, that's pretty complex when you're deciding where you want to work next. It's like, okay, I want to be close enough to the creation process. I want to, <laughs> I want to have the freedom to manage in the way that I feel is, is right. I want there to be kind of an appropriate amount of layers between me and all of those things to mean that the work that I do is valuable. That, that's so, so much harder. Have, have you figured out how to make that any easier? <laughs> uh, if I had the secret, I'd, I'd love to share with the world. But um, no, I think it's also it's quite an individual journey to figure out what those kind of, you know, important um, leverage points are for you in your career. Um, but uh, to, to match my expectations of my current role versus a new potential role, it's like 
yeah, like actually trying to model out how that's going to work in practice. I think it is incredibly complex. Like, you know, the the type of business that you're working in, um, the existing setup of the teams, um, structure, processes. Um, there's so many things that go into understanding the complete system of work in a company, um, which is when, you know, you think about your your feedback loops to actually build that system. Like, what do we get? We get um, a few hour-long chats in an interview context where usually from the candidate side, you've only got, you know, the you know last five or 10 minutes to ask your own questions. Like, it's very, very uh, low bandwidth signal for trying to map out your... Uh, idea of what the system is going to be like in a new organization. Um, so I think it is it is challenging and it's risky, and that's probably a big part of why you know when you get to these uh, inflection points in your career, and you're like, well, I want to make that jump. Um, <laughs> you could almost think yourself out of it in a way um, if you're like trying to get a complete perfect view of the world, and then it's like actually like that's probably not possible, especially from the outside. So what are the kind of critical paths, like the most sticky parts within that system that I need to understand. Um, and those would be, you know, the areas that I would want to, you know, question everybody that I'm meeting from the other side, the actors in that system be like, how does this thing work? Like, how do you actually get feedback from your customers? How are, um, how are um, employees talking about uh, the management structure and are they getting good feedback on their, you know, their own career performance and how they want to grow? And it's like, what are the things that are important to them? It's like, kind of ask a lot of, you have time to ask, you know, a few targeted questions. I would be looking for the ones that would really influence my view of how their system works. Um, so that I can construct that mental model of, if I were in that system, is that how I'd want to work too? And if the answer is no, then it's probably not the right place for me. Mm. Before we came on, we were briefly talking about humility and vulnerability and how that can help us find our best work. And mm. as we've spoken about systems, it almost seems like a similar way of saying the same thing, which is if you are thinking about a system, you are inherently then not thinking about yourself. You're putting yourself second and you're, you're embracing everything else around you in the same way that if you're being vulnerable or if you're showing humility you're putting yourself second to recognize the i guess the circumstances around you is it fair to make that comparison do you think and what benefit has being vulnerable and having humility had for you hmm that's a good one. Um, I, I'd say it's fair to a degree uh, on the basis that we are, we are ourselves, uh, I suppose, inherently uh, biased and have our blind spots. So we're, as individuals, only ever going to have our imperfect view of how the system works. Um, the truth is... Probably it's not even anything you or I could see together. And it's something that like collectively everyone needs to weigh in on. And even then, you know, it's just a model and all models are imperfect. Um, but I think you're right. The exercise itself does uh, allow for some mental discipline to like extract yourself out of the equation and be like, okay, it's not, you know, just 
my my impact, but all those things around me and how they interact with each other. I think there there is a kind of built-in humility to that because the underlying assumption is not that all interactions are brokered through me. There's so many other things in the complex system that have nothing to do with me. And yes, I'm not the center of the universe in this equation. I'm certainly the, you know, the hero of my own story, the hero of my own career and all that, but I'm one piece of a much larger entity, an organism, if you like, um, which is this uh, team or this uh, place where I want to go work. Um, so I think to the, the second half of your question around like, you know, where has that kind of humility served me well um, in my career? I think I've tried to learn that skill about when you initially get mad at something to instead try to get curious um, because it's not to say that, you know, we're not going to have our moments of um, frustration or have the emotion come by, but like we can challenge ourselves to step out of that moment and think, yeah, that really pissed me off. Why am I pissed about that? And then that kind of that question prompts you to think about the bigger picture. You kind of step away from the emotion that you're feeling, kind of looking into yourself in a way and you're like, ah, I felt a certain way. Why do I feel that way? And then you can kind of wind back to, I think, a level of systems thinking to say, oh, it's because of this thing that happened. That really frustrated me. That's something that happens quite often because we have a broken process around this. And you can start to then channel that kind of initial reaction into some sort of positive change, um, which I think is a much more constructive way of dealing with um, the initial frustration than just, you know, taking it to the pub and having a moan with your co coworkers and saying like, um, you know, this is crap. And like, I mean, yes, like there's a time and a space for that. But um, if you want to prevent these things from happening frequently, if you want to continuously improve the environment around you, then like it does help to see the environment clearly and using, you know, a systems map as a way to, understand where those things are coming from when does systems thinking start to border on spiritual um because you're in some ways you're like you're it's an like you said it's an organism you're, <laughs> you're seeing this way more broadly than just me as an individual um yeah i mean <clears throat> We, we could go down that rabbit hole that like, wh wh what is this experience that we're all living in, right? Like the universe is just one enormous system. And we think we know some bits of it that are governed by, you know, physics and chemistry and the scientific branches and whatnot. Um, there's some things we can't explain. What is the thing that drives the things that we can't explain? You know, religion has an answer. Science is looking for an answer. Like there are many ways to think about, well, if we want to get a complete view of everything, that's probably not possible without making some giant assumptions about how things work that are beyond our, our way of seeing things. Um, so I, I think, yeah, there's a spirituality in that where if you can't come up with a clear view, then you're going to have to make a leap of faith. Um, 
I suppose that's kind of at the the universal, the massive, massive level of like everything that we possibly know. If you bring it back down to kind of, you know, the work that we're doing, um, there's certainly going to be parts of the system you can't see. And so you'll have to make your best assumption about how things are working there, too. There's a kind of leap in faith in that. I think um, in the context of what we were discussing earlier around looking for you know, new opportunities and trying to find a new role, you're going to make a leap of faith about some parts of that system that you don't fully understand. You'll probably look for uh, signals elsewhere, like you know, how that company or uh, people that you know in it, what they'll say about it or like how it's positioned in the public space. Um, going through and um, thinking about how the how the different processes that you know in your own organization might work in that organization. Like you're not going to have that full detailed list before you take the role. So you're going to have to take the guess based on everything else you can see. Um, so yeah. Do you need to keep the faith? Like, I think you do. You have to be brave and hope and uh, pray to an extent that when you're making that big move, you're like, well, I hope most of these things are going to work out the way I want um, compared to the ones that don't. Um, and yeah, trusting that you're making the right decision. Thanks for sharing your your insight, Sean. And I hadn't, I really hadn't thought about finding work as uh, so. I hadn't realized it was so dependent on the the systems around us. Um, and that's like really an insight for me because it is so tempting to see it as uh, an individual journey that we need to kind of go into ourselves on um, and whilst that's important to a certain degree it's also um, it's also really important to recognize where you fit in the in the system that you're in yeah yeah I think so um, I think it's just it it's also something that seems to be the trend of the modern age too if you think about um, the way work used to be um, back in the industrial era for example like the systems were a lot simpler in, in one sense where it was like yeah actually the type of input that you put into the system was quite um, commoditized and replaceable um, now so much work is kind of you know moved up into like the knowledge space so much of it is dependent on people interacting with each other um, and so these things are just infinitely more complex than they used to be um, so i think you're really uh you're really onto it there that even if you were a team of one <laughs> the company of one you yourself are participating in a market and a system which is so vastly complicated um, that it's really hard to separate, you know, the, the, the environment around you from the individual experience that you're having. So I think, yeah, it's like if you're just focusing on the individual, you probably have a slightly incomplete view of the world, um, regardless of how big the team is in your immediate space. Um, Everything is interconnected now, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to try and balance both a bit, <laughs> a bit better than I was before. And thanks so much for sharing it, Sean. Loves it. Yeah, yeah. My pleasure. Thanks. Man. All right. Yeah. Take, take care. All righty. Bye bye. The Best Work Podcast is produced by the team at Cord. I'd love your advice on how we can make sure the Best Work podcast is having a profound impact on the way we all pursue our best work. 
email me at bennettcord.co. You can also find a transcript of this conversation, insightful video content and more at cord.co slash insights. Thanks for listening.